Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hey, let's jump right back into it. Five o'clock hour, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Obviously uh, talking a lot about the NBA boycott happening right now in the playoffs. And this in from Major League Baseball, Josh Hader from the Brewers on the Bucks boycott. Quote, I think it's a tremendous stand. This is more about sports. This is more than about sports. Says, can't say yes or no on a Brewers boycott. I'm sure it's something we are going to discuss. We'll see if Major League Baseball follows suit. Of course, they are playing. There are sports that are happening. The NFL is not happening, not just yet, uh, other than practices. And the Detroit Lions uh, did not practice, canceled it yesterday, and then had peaceful protests uh, at their uh, facility. Brent Martineau, former Jags player, Austin Lane, and happy to be joined right now by ESPN NFL Nation reporter, Mike Wells. Mike, how you doing, man? I'm good, good. Before we even start, fellas, is this a station in Jacksonville that Mike DeRocco comes on? Uh, no, we ban him. <laughs> okay, that that that's a smart that's a smart that's a smart uh, move that you guys do not let D Rock on there. I love him to that. The only thing D Rock has done for me is he told me to make sure I always eat down at Flying Iguanas down there. Yeah, when the Colts play the Jags. <laughs> that, that that's my that's my that is my go to Mexican restaurant. Incredible guac and queso. And margarita. So that is the only thing Mike DeRocco has done in my seven years of friendship uh, with him. He, he told me a great restaurant to go to down there. DeRock is awesome. We love him, uh, even if he does sometimes go on the other station. But uh, that's more than he's ever done for me. So you're ahead of me, Mike. All right. Hey, listen, you know what? DeRock is good. He's good people. Even though, you know, I've taken him right out to like 15 different restaurants in Indy, but I'm not keeping tabs on it or anything. <laughs> Hey, if you want some restaurants when you come down here, let us know. We'll give you some oh, places yeah, to go. Yes, I, I, I don't I don't need restaurants anymore. I just need golf courses. You guys give me some golf courses down there, Jack. Well, we will be best friends. Uh, you got that's the right guy. Yeah, you that, got the you. right guy. I can uh, help you with that. I will help you out. Well, Taco you, trucks all day. I got you, dude. But golf courses, that's my partner, Brent Martin. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be your bestest of friends if I can get you on that stadium course. I know that. Uh, but I know you know that golf course exists around here. <laughs> oh, yes, I know too well. And listen, I tried to play there in week 17 last year. You know, the game that nobody cared about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the uh, Jacoby Brissett, uh, uh, Minshew game where both teams were already thinking about vacation when there was actually, you could take a real vacation without a face mask, without a mask on. Yeah, true. And the price that I was told for that late December game was like 300 bucks. And my golf game does not equate to a $300 round. It is a pricey acquisition to play over there. Beautiful place, but uh, no doubt about it, it's pricey. Mike Wells with us from ESPN, NFL Nation reporter for Indianapolis Colts, all around the AFC South as well. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane. Austin probably asked you here in a little bit when he played for the Jags from like 2010 to 13, and then with the Chiefs and the Bears, did you say anything bad about him? But I'll let him uh, handle <laughs> that part. Uh, hey, what, uh, let, me, let me go something real serious right now. You're seeing all the news about the, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA boycott. Uh, is this something that you think uh, we should be and everybody will be keeping an eye on when it comes to the NFL, whether it's the Indianapolis Colts, the Jaguars, or maybe something that could take place as we get closer and closer to the season, which, by the way, is like 15 days away? I, I, honestly, I think how, how you know, obviously this is, this is a huge day. All the NBA playoff games canceled tonight now. Um, now, you know, how, you know, the, the, uh, the state of Wisconsin handles everything. I'm I'm curious about the rest of the sports. I mean, what's what's Major League Baseball going to do? What are the I think the Brewers are playing the Reds tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, um, 
I'm actually heading over to Chicago uh, later on this evening to go co- to cover the BMW over at Olympia Fields. You know, the golfers going to take part in things this weekend. It's just going to be a, a, the start of a domino effect of everything that's going on in the sports world because, I mean, you talk about 2020 has been – one beeping a year. I mean, starting with the, the, the you know Kobe Bryant's unfortunate death. We're still dealing with COVID. You know, uh, going into the final um, fourth fourth of the year of 2020. So it's just one thing after another. Along with you know we a big election year. There's so many things going on. Absolutely, Mike Wells with us. So let's talk a little football, man. I always like to do this. We'll talk about the Colts. By the way, I might have the Indianapolis Colts in the Super Bowl. Uh, so we'll get to that, and you can tell me oh, if you I'm crazy. Sip, you sip, oh, you sipping Philip Rivers Kool Aid, man. <laughs> yeah, and you also have him get beat Week One in Jacksonville. I do. That can yeah. happen, man. So it's a long season. Hey, and which, by the way, the, 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 by the last time the Colts won in Jacksonville, they were actually AFC, not not just AFC South dominant foes. They were down. They were one of the best teams in the AFC getting to the AFC Championship game, and I was probably about twenty five pounds lighter the last time they played in Jacksonville. <laughs> they have had. I tell you what's the one team the Jaguars have matched up with yeah. uh, with pretty well, and and that's not a long list, by the way, here in Jacksonville, uh, Mike. What is your take on the Jaguars? How the national narrative is they're awful. Uh, they're probably going to end up with the number one pick. They're tanking for Trevor. What is your take on the Jags? How they fit as, as they kind of reload their roster, and of course on Gardner Minshew. Well, quite honestly, you guys just summed it up perfectly. But when people ask me about the talk about the AFC South, I say, all right, is um, are the Tennessee Titans going to be Milly Vanilli, Vanilla Ice, one hit wonders with Ryan Tannehill? <laughs> How is the DeAndre Hopkins trade to Arizona going to impact Deshaun Watson and and the Houston Texans? I think the Colts on paper are the best team. And then I say I don't even want to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars because you talk about one-hit wonders. One-hit wonders right there in Jacksonville after getting to the AFC Championship game and having an opportunity to beat the New England Patriots at Gillette Stadium back in 2017. No doubt about it. Now let me ask you about your team that you cover. Not your team, but the team you cover. And – should I be drinking the Philip Rivers Kool-Aid? <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious on Philip Rivers because, um, I mean, we know what his resume is, but you talk about a guy who had 23 turnovers last season, 20 interceptions, third most in the NFL. Was that just a fluke, or is father time catching up with him at 38 years old? What I will say about Rivers is is that he's playing behind the best offensive line he's ever played in in his career. I believe the Colts are one of the top two or three, have one of the top two or three old lines in the NFL. They had a number seven rushing um, offense last season, and then they go out and draft, you know, Jonathan Taylor, who had back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons at Wisconsin. And now the pressure is not on Philip Rivers in that right arm. He simply has to trust his O line and have faith in what is a very deep uh, running back group that he has out there. So he, they have the pieces. And it's funny, you know, people always say, you know, what, what do we know about Rivers' difference from Jacoby Brissett? Philip Rivers in training camp so far, he knows where he wants to where he wants to go with the ball. He gets rid of it very quickly. And you talk about a guy who didn't have you know any on the field work during the spring. He's out there clicking. He's out there zipping the ball around. And of course, people are gonna say, well, Rivers and Jacoby, you know, are averaging the same yards per attempt. Well, I'll tell you now, Philip Rivers is doing it by design. They're run, they want to run a lot of crossing routes. Jacoby Brissett stood in the pocket and just you know and patted the ball until there was nothing there and needed to be checked out. So that's the difference between the two. Rivers is a vet, and I think he's smart enough to know that he can trust the pieces around him. 
Mike, and you mentioned it with Philip Rivers, man. I mean, obviously last year um, it was a disappointing season to say the least. He had a lot of firepower on that offense, but didn't have the offensive line to back him up. Now he goes to Indianapolis, which I agree with you, one of the best O-lines in the game. I mean, any time that I can name a starting guard for an NFL team, their offensive line's pretty good. Should I talk about Quentin Nelson, obviously. But when we talk about Philip Rivers, he's always been the Jaguars killer, whether it was when I played against him, uh, when we traveled to San Diego, or until now from last season. I mean, he is the Jaguars killer. He plays the Jaguars like they owe him money. My question to you, though, is what is this offense going to look like? Because I, I look at the roster right now, and obviously you still have T.Y. Hilton. You have a great offensive line, but you guys have such a great running game. You mentioned Marlon Mack and now the emergence of Jonathan Taylor as well. Are we going to see a more run-first pass second Indianapolis Colts, or is this kind of Phillip Rivers' show and the run's going to be secondary? The, the opponent the opponent is going to dictate things. How, how, how the Colts are able – if they're able – to run the ball 50 times and, you know, run for 250, 300 yards, and Philip Rivers throws for 125, that's totally fine. And that all has to do with Frank Reich. Frank Reich is not one of those, uh, we have to be a pass-first team. He believes in having multiple running backs and then, you know, having tight ends he can turn to and then using the speed at the wide receiver spot. They are, you know, he's, Reich's going to go with, with whatever is working. That's his belief. He's not going to sit here and say, just because we have Philip Rivers out there, a guy who has thrown countless touchdowns and countless yards, and we have to throw the football. No. The Colts have shown they did it with Andrew Luck two years ago. They, they said, all right, if we can run the ball, we're going to go ahead and put it on the ground and just do it that way and uh, let, let the opponent dictate how they do things. You mentioned the wide receivers, and, you know, T.Y. Hilton's still there. They, they pick up a guy by the name of Michael Pittman in the draft. And Michael Pittman was a guy, to me, who was probably my fourth or fifth rated highest receiver of that entire draft. I loved his size. I loved his pedigree. And I love just the kind of intensity that he brings to the game of football at that wide receiver position. What have you seen from Michael Pittman so far? And can he be that, you know, we always say the rookie, it's hard to go from college to the pros as a rookie receiver. Can he make that next transition and be a star right away for the Indianapolis Colts? Listen, Michael Pittman had, what, 101 receptions, over 1,000 yards, 11 touchdowns last year at USC. What um, the Colts like about him is that he has size and speed because you look at the Colts receivers, they have speed in Paris Campbell and T.Y. Hilton, but they're short guys. Michael Pittman at 6'4 has the size and the strength to be able to go up and get balls. You got you have to have a red zone target. We know once you get inside the 20, you got to have a guy where you throw up a jump ball, he's going to go up and fight and get it, and that's going to be Michael Pittman. He's going to have an opportunity to step into that role. You know, my question mark, not only with Pittman and all rookies, but any guy who, tra- you know, changed teams in the offseason, how much will no offseason workouts impact you early on? How, how much, you know, is it going to take you some time to get caught up to speed and no preseason games? That's going to be, that's really the X factor, in my opinion, with every football team not named Kansas City or, you know, or a team like Seattle where, you know, teams that, ha- that are set at the quarterback spot and didn't have much of a roster overhaul, I think they're going to have the advantage um, over other teams in the NFL. A team like the Colts, they have all their pieces back, but you got a new starting quarterback, and you guys know, you guys know firsthand down there in Jacksonville, you ain't got no damn quarterback, you ain't got no chance, and you guys haven't had a quarterback since Mark Burnell, so you guys know how, how, how that works, 
and I know Jaguar fans are going to start tweeting me and everything. I love you guys down there. Uh, I do. I do wonder how many people you know go to the bathroom in that pool at the stadium because the water is always clear at kickoff, but then all of a sudden it's muddy looking by the fourth quarter. <laughs> Mike Welch, that's just the way the sun hits it, man. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. it. It's good. Uh, I, did, I did the first ever cannonball in there. It was clean that day. Mike Wells from ESPN NFL Nation uh, covers the Indianapolis Colts. It is amazing if you think about it. Think about what the Colts have had. Oh yeah, yeah but potentially three Hall of Famers. I mean, Andrew Luck, uh, shortened career now. He retired, but now Philip Rivers and obviously Peyton Manning in that stretch, the Jags can't seem you talk to about find. Spoil, man. You, hey, you talk, I don't, I'm not. I'm not saying spoil Brett, but the Indianapolis Colts have been very spoiled since 1998. Absolutely. Like you said Peyton Manning, who led them to a Super Bowl, countless playoff appearances, numerous MVPs. Andrew Luck comes in, gets to the playoffs his first three years, comes back with, um, you know, most improved player in 2018. Now you get Philip Rivers, man. A lot of teams in the NFL should be envious of what's happening in the uh, in Indianapolis with the Colts. They should, and you could also make the case for some disappointment there. They don't have more uh, rings. Oh yeah, you oh know? you, I, I agree with you guys one hundred percent on that one. Definitely, they they should they probably should have more than one ring. Hey, l- let me ask you this: If I'm not right about Philip Rivers, and if it is the end of his career, and he's just turned into not that great of a quarterback, he's just old. Who then wins the AFC South, in your opinion? Is is Tennessee, you know, built to do it again? Uh, do you have confidence in that, or would you be more scared of a, a Deshaun Watson team, even though Houston kind of was a mess in the off season? I'm glad you guys didn't mention the Jaguars, but uh, you know what? I am, I'm, I, a, I, I'm, I'm sometimes a realist. <laughs> thank you. You know, I mean, listen, I'm gonna say this right now. I go on some radio stations, and I te- I was teasing you about the drinking the cold Kool Aid, but a lot of radio station hosts. They took the Kool-Aid of the hometown team. I just want to say, what the hell are you thinking on that one? So kudos, kudos on you. Listen, next time I get down to flying iguanas on me, I'll pick up the cat. But um, no, you know what? I, I I like Mike Vrabel as a head coach. I think Mike Vrabel's players, his team plays the same way he played. Blue collar, get after it, punch you in the mouth. They're going to make the game ugly, and they're going to find a way to win. I mean, you got Derrick Henry where you can pound the ball to out there. Um, in, in the running game, so I think if the Colts don't win a division, I will go with um, with the uh, Tennessee Titans. I just think you know Bill O'Brien, a head coach, I'm impressed with Bill O'Brien, the general manager. I think is is horrific. Yeah. So um, you know, from a head coach's standpoint, you can't knock what he did. I feel like he he was you know we did a uh, on ESPN during offseason we did a all decade team. And Bill O'Brien was the best coach this decade in the AFC South. But as far as from a, a general manager standpoint, I just think he's horrible. Uh, so I'm going to say if the Colts don't win a division, I'm going to go with the Titans. Mike, I'm going to be honest, man. I'm an old school way of thinking when it comes to the day, uh, when it comes to the philosophy of football. Brent, what I always say, how do you win the football game? Run the ball, stop the run, be as boring as you can. I say that nauseum, man. I say that nauseum. And when you stop the run, you got to stop the run against the Tennessee Titans. We'll see what the Houston Texans now with David Johnson. One would think they're going to run the ball a little more. When you look at the Colts defensive line, and usually the Colts defensive line, you know, it's, it's always middle of the road. It's always, yeah, it is what it is. But I see Justin Houston, who to me is still a high-caliber football player, one of my former teammates from Kansas City. And I see the acquisition of DeForest Buckner now, one of the best, I think, three-technique slash defensive linemen in the entire NFL. What is that defensive line going to look like this year, and will they be able to get up to the quarterback? By the way, I agree with you. you got to win it. you got to stop the run. you got to win in the trenches. My man. You played, you play, you played in the NFL, so I'm not going to disagree with you. Anybody who played in the NFL – I will, I will, I will take their word um, on everything they say. So props to you on that one, yeah. uh, on getting to the league and everything. But 
You get DeForest Buckner right there in the middle of that defensive line. That means the quarterback's coming to the line wondering, all right, we got to see where Buckner's at. We have to see where Justin Houston's lined up. I mean, Buckner played in the middle, but he still had 19 and a half sacks over the past two seasons. What I think is going to be, it's going to be a trickle-down effect. I think the Colts led by Darius Leonard, mm. the linebackers are going to have a field day with, uh, with, the, with that defensive line in front of them. There's going to be so many opportunities for them to come into the hole and stop the run or come in on a secondary rush to get to the quarterback. I think that's going to be the key. I do have question marks at the se- in the secondary. Malik Cooker did not get his, his um, fifth-year option picked up by the Colts. you got a, a second-year safety in Kari Willis. Xavier Rhodes is a new addition from Minnesota. What does he have left in the tank? So it'll make it easier on the secondary if the D-line is able to get pressure on the quarterback. I think it'll allow there won't be as much pressure on the back end for those guys to have to worry about to stick to their, stick to their guys for as long. So I think the front seven is very solid. Question marks in the secondary for the Colts. Mike Wells from ESPN NFL Nation uh, probably kept you longer than we were supposed to. I appreciate Listen, the time. I like you guys. Hey, I like you guys. I normally when somebody's boring, I try to rush off. I try to rush off <laughs> uh, and, and, and get off the phone and play it off like I got something to do. Like my dogs barking, my kids, my kids are bugging me, but. You guys got you guys got great energy, and you're not homers, so that's huge with me, fellas. I, I appreciate, appreciate it. Thanks for that, coming. Here. Hey, you're a way better Mike than the other one here in town. <laughs> Listen, I mean, hey, that's that's easy. That's that's easy. Listen. I'm probably about two feet taller than Mike DeRocco, too, and I love you, D-Rock. I love you, D-Rock, if you're listening, brother. Hey, one other thing. But next time you come on and join us, we'll, we'll probably have a flying iguana sponsorship by then. Absolutely. <laughs> cut the check. Hey, well, they, no, cut no, the no, check. I don't need we, – we don't want flying iguana sponsorship. I need to get on a TPC sawgrass. That's what I want. I'll buy my, I'll buy my old queso and guac and margaritas. I'm not trying to buy a round of golf at TPC sawgrass. No, I love it. Uh, speaking of uh, safe travels to Chicago and tell time. Tiger to putt better, please. All right, fellas, you guys be good. Have a good one. That's Mike Wells from uh, ESPN's NFL Nation. And we'll catch up with Mike uh, uh, from time to time. Uh, good stuff with him. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow we're going to visit the Rams. A little Johnny Wolford talk, a little Jalen Ramsey talk, a little Hard Knocks talk. Uh, so we'll have some fun with that as we go around the NFL leading into the season 18 days away. Uh, the big story here today, uh, and uh, we've been telling you about it, we've been talking about it over the last hour now is the NBA has canceled all the games uh, for today, mm-hmm. uh, led by the Milwaukee Bucks boycott. Mm-hmm. They did not come out on the floor at 4 o'clock when that game was supposed to begin against the uh, Orlando Magic. The games will be rescheduled according to the NBA. The NBA has released a statement, and it says this. The NBA and National Basketball Players Association today announced that in light of the Milwaukee Bucks' decision to not take the floor today for Game 5 against the Orlando Magic, today's three games, Bucks versus Magic, Houston Rockets versus Oklahoma City Thunder, and Los Angeles Lakers versus Portland Trail Blazers have been postponed. Game 5 of each series will be rescheduled. Hmm. Two significant things, in my opinion. I've seen many of press releases in my day. Yeah. And it's interesting that they highlight Milwaukee here. This was a Toronto Raptors idea along with the Boston Celtics idea. Mm -hmm. They're not playing today. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that somewhere along the way, whether it was NBA officials, Adam Silver, players said, hey, Milwaukee, it's happening up in your backyard. Mm -hmm. You have got to be the front man on this. And you have got to say, and you've got the first game. Ironically, I mean, it worked sure. out that way. Mm-hmm. You've got the first game of the day. And so I almost to the point of that release and the way this happened, 
I wonder if Oklahoma City and Houston had been scheduled for 4 o'clock and Milwaukee was the 7 o'clock game, Mm -hmm. I think we might have seen the first game and Milwaukee might have been the boycott game. That kind of led the change. So I think that was interesting on the release. The other part of the release that's interesting, although there are reports now out of the bubble for folks that are there, that uh, one, the players are not talking to the media. Uh, and two, so they're letting actions speak louder than words. And two, they are meeting together, all the players in the bubble, to decide what next to do. But according to this press release, at least from the NBA, and they do this in part with the NBA Players Association, say game five of each series will be rescheduled. So that indicates to me this was an attention-getting moment uh, and using their platform, but games will go on. At least that's the plan right now. Things could change. Conversations over the next few hours, over the next couple of days, we'll see. Mm -hmm. But this was obviously a powerful statement and might be a one-off thing. Maybe it's a couple-of-day thing, but it looks like play will resume at some time, at least based off what the statement says. And we'll keep an eye on, too, on the Major League Baseball as well, right? Because, like you said, Josh Hader said, you know, they're still in talks of what they're going to do and things like that. So keep an eye on Major League Baseball uh, today and tonight to see if they kind of follow suit. And uh, we'll go from there. So that's the latest on the uh, NBA. And it is a little bit of now what? We continued our discussion uh, in the commercial break. And it's before I go to commercial break, let's hang here for another minute because I want to ask this and kind of say what we said. Mm-hmm. It's a powerful move. It's It's once again an historic year, but it's another historic move. I mean, again, we're living through times where, I mean, there have been boycotts in sports from Russia in the Olympics to the United States in the Olympics to, I mean, those are powerful moments in sports. Those are things that you know exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are probably other ones too, um, and, and we could get a whole list of them, but those are memorable things. The word boycott is a big word. Uh, and so you do ask what you said earlier was a great way to explain it. Say they boycotted. Why? Mm-hmm. Right? That's why. What's the next question? Why? Yep. And so therefore then you go to all the reasons why social injustice, this latest shooting, yeah. Jacob Blake, uh, and uh, police brutality. Or you can then go down. Then that sparks the conversation. Of course. What I asked and try what I'm wrestling with here, mm-hmm. just to be uh, honest with you, and what we uh, are kind of wondering, too, what does change look like in this situation? Mm-hmm. It's a really difficult thing to, to answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's more difficult for a white 43 year old man that has not had to deal with this and i i don't know if that's different i it might not but what does it look like uh does it look like some action taken uh in the next couple of days yeah. by someone in milwaukee again in their police department uh in their political system um does it i i don't know i don't know how to answer that i don't know yeah. what change looks like that is satisfying at least in the moment, because we do know this. This is crystal clear. Change is going to take time. Mm-hmm. This is what's the word we've been using? It's systemic. Yep. Well, systemic problems take a long time to change. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, these discussions over the last few months and these kind of mo- moments like this are trying to spark that change. But mm-hmm. the change doesn't happen by tomorrow at noon. Is yeah. my point. So I guess it's a hard thing to illustrate and also yeah. and wonder what does change look like for, in this case, NBA players yeah. to, to say, okay, something is happening. And, and listen, and that's what that's what you want to see, right? I mean, we deal in certainties all the time. We, we, we deal in 100%. And unfortunately, I don't have the answer. Like, I don't have the answer to say, like, well, let's be, let's be realistic here, Brent. 
tomorrow black people or minorities aren't going to go outside and be like, all right, well, you know what? I feel better now. Like, I can go outside and I can yes. be there. The Milwaukee Bucks like, boycotted, gonna, I yeah, feel better. Yeah, that's not going to happen, man. Yes. All right, that's just not the way this world works. So I'll be honest, man, I, I don't have an answer. And I, I don't know, obviously what the progress from this is going to look like. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I just think that, once again, if we truly want to see change, I mean, yes, and it starts from the bottom, it starts with NBA players, it starts with all of us as a society, but it works up to the people in power. And once again, I'm not talking about you know the President of the United States, I'm talking about elected officials who are supposed to work for the people, okay? People put those people in office for a reason, because they trust you. You elect those people, okay? So to me, that's who I hope this boycott talks to. Now, whether you put something in into in print or whether you put uh, an initiative behind it, we'll see with that. That, to me, is going to take some time. But I just want to keep the conversation going, because as long as you keep the conversation going, that's when you start to see some change with the higher-up officials and things like that. Hey, here's a, I'll tell you this, uh, because uh, actually the, the kids have been – down the road a little bit and not home the last couple of nights, which by the way can be a beautiful thing at times. Um, <laughs> the, uh, so the, um, but the, they'll be back tonight yeah. and I know I'm going to get this question tonight. This, this is the beauty of things like, I don't know, beauty is a bad word, a bad choice of words, but the, this is the power of, of things like this. Mm-hmm. And it has been, by the way, for the last few months, uh, Black Lives Matter movement, uh, whether we're talking about the pandemic, you know, yeah. I think uh, the election will be a, a prime conversation point for many, so yeah. much so that the kids will see it whether they want to or not. Absolutely. You know? And so my point in this conversation is I will no doubt get the question from my kids. Mm-hmm. Why did they boycott? Like, because yeah. that's a hard thing to understand, right? Yeah, like, why? Sure. Even I mean, at 15 well, years old, like, okay, why? But why did they do that to do that? Why wouldn't you want to? You know, kind of some yeah. of the same questions we were having. Yeah. So it sparks with the younger. Let's just say the beauty of it for me mm-hmm. uh, is at least uh, as a parent of 15 year old kids um, that that does not have to deal with the things that uh, the black community has mm-hmm. had to deal with from a parental standpoint or a kid standpoint. I at least get the opportunity for education, yeah. you know, and yeah. discussion. Uh, and I think uh, a lot of us get that opportunity. And uh, now, whether you want to take that opportunity or not is up to you. Mm-hmm. But I think that speaks to when we talk about what change is, we're asking in the interim, like in the short term, yeah. what's changed? What's change look like? What's satisfying? When, when do you go back on the court? Do you yeah. never play again until you see something that really strikes you as change? What does that look like? Well, what change looks like down the road is looking at your kids, yeah. you know, or, or sh- educating your kids or, or them living through this right now Correct. And, and seeing it some, whether it's five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road yeah. and what it potentially looks like. Well, and listen, and I have a five-year-old who's going to come home from school, put on his Giannis Kempo jersey and get in front of the TV and want to watch the game and wondering, hey, what's going on? Why is that Giannis playing? Because like, he was excited for yeah. today. I mean, he's, he's got his shoes and everything. And he, he can actually pronounce his last name probably better than I can. So props well, to definitely him. Definitely better than I can because <laughs> you can do it pretty well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, he was obviously excited for this day. Listen, Brent, and you asked me the question, and I want to go back to it a little bit, and you brought up a great point. Like, obviously, when we think about the change, we think about our kids, we think about the future and things like that. And to me, we also have to think about the now, right? Because the only way to change the future is to reflect on the now and think, what can we do better? And I think right now, and I want to bring it full circle to Paul George, right, where Paul George said that he was in a dark place. Now, we can assume that that dark place stemmed from what he saw online after he had a bad game. I think that a change that 
NBA players want to see, obviously myself included. I think anybody out there who's on the side of good, I don't care if you're white, black, doesn't doesn't matter your skin color. I think the change that you possibly want to see right now that can be helped from this is that when you go online, you don't see so much hate and bigotry for the, for the other side, okay? Because whether you're a professional basketball player and you had a bad game and people are ragging on you, or whether you're trying to fight for a cause that you believe in and the other side wants to lambaste you for it and say that you're wrong, that can take a toll on you, okay? So if nothing even comes from this, I hope that at least it opens people's eyes a little bit to realize, that, listen, maybe I shouldn't be as hardcore on the other side. Maybe I shouldn't go against people who want to see you know, racial injustice um, you know, be put away. Maybe I shouldn't be so anti you know, sticking up for your neighbors and sticking up for people of different skin colors. Maybe I shouldn't be like that. I think if you make a progress like that, that's some change that we can see. All right. But, uh, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a good. The discussion continues and uh, certainly elevates today with the Milwaukee Bucks and the NBA canceling games. Uh, as uh, they say, they will be rescheduled. We will see what comes out of it. This story just beginning, uh, not nearly ending. And how it impacts the rest of sports is something that we will follow as well. Speaking of the rest of sports, do have some other uh, topics to get to. One on a very light note to end this show. Gardner Minshew comes out with that fantastic spot with yeah. Bud Light in fantasy football. Yeah. What else would you market Minshew with or for if you had the chance and you were his representation, his agent, marketing agent, maybe not even player agent? Oh, yeah. Marketing agent for sure. What let's, else? let's increase that brand, but yeah. I can't wait. What else would you do? Also, a thought on Phil Mickelson winning the Champions Tour event uh, in golf. Yeah, my man Mickelson got yeah, it done against yeah. the old guys. But it sparked a thought in my mind, and we'll share that uh, along with any updates we have from the sports world next on ESPN 690. Thanks for hanging out with us here on a Wednesday. Austin Lane. The Rock, out of nowhere, buys the XFL during a pandemic, mind you, goes half in with his ex-wife. So now you're going to visit with your ex-wife. Brent Martineau. I don't know if that's on the business advice list action sports jacks on espn 690 i can tell you that as a person who was a generation and in some cases maybe two generations older than most of the athletes who were doing it it is amazing and we grew up in different times the athletes of my youth couldn't have done this the world was a different place they would never have been able to do what is happening now but had they been able to the world would be a different place today and so what I would say is because of what these young people are doing, the world will be a different and better place in the future. That's Mike Greenberg. You can listen to him daily, noon to 2, right here on ESPN 690. Very well said. Although I don't know if I fully agree with him. I understand what he's saying. Just what I just said about my kids, right? When they ask what's going on, it's not going to be changed tomorrow or this weekend or next Thursday. But 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, we will see change from this, and they will get to live it. And so many other folks, more importantly, hopefully the black community, will get to live in that change. I don't know if I fully agree with Greenberg saying they couldn't have done it as players years earlier. Yeah. I mean, uh, social media is different, so maybe the wave of it, uh, maybe Mm -hmm. the difference between – Maybe even the systems that were in place in terms of the NFL, the power of the PA, the power of players, unions and associations. Now, the branding, the power of the athlete. Maybe that's yeah. what he's referring to. And he might have a good point there. Uh, but, and maybe get, getting everybody collectively mm. on board. I mean, you can always do it. 
Well, that's Whether the it thing. works or not is different, but that's you can a, always do it. That's the thing, though. The, the power of the players has always been there. It's been there forever. They're just starting to realize it right now. So, you know, to go against uh, uh, Greenberg, right? A little yeah. bit. Yeah, so against Greenberg, I mean, if they wanted to do it, they definitely could have done it. And then it just would have escalated the situation where, wow, professional athletes have a lot of power. We would have been having that conversation a little earlier. Simple as that. Well, as I, as I sit here and talk about it a little bit, and I just heard what Greenberg said, yeah. I, I will say this. The power of the player has not always been what it is now. The reason why the power of the player is so much more now is simply because of this, the money. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of it. And it's like I I said this before. Let's just go simple, totally off topic. This is tangential in in a sense, but it's relative. And that is Jalen Ramsey was able to do what he did Mm -hmm. last year. Because he had already pocketed $27 million, essentially, in the bank. Yeah. What's the risk? Mm-hmm. You don't play and you you got $27 million sitting in the bank? Mm-hmm. There's a heck of a lot more risk with what Yannick Ngakwe has done the last couple of years, where he's got $4 million in the bank. Well, if you go back to the yesteryear, the players weren't making this kind of money. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have that parachute if it didn't work, if you want to kick me out of the league. You know, if I, if I want to – if I'm making – Five million a year doing this, which I'm just short of. But if it, I'm just five million a year, uh, and I've been doing this for 15 years. Yeah. Well, I don't like something the station does, mm-hmm. and I want to go raise Kane about it. Yeah. I sure as heck am going to have a lot more confidence and bravado, knowing that I just made five million for the last 15 years. Sure, I could lose my five million dollar job, mm-hmm. but I'm probably getting paid five million for a reason. And they need me maybe even more than I need them now that I got more money in the bank. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that creates bravado. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the dollars are important in here in this dynamic as we talk about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so that's where Greenberg might even be more right. I don't know if the power, the, the player unions, all those kind of things that we just said, but I do think it comes down to money. You have to be willing to, you first of all, have to be okay with what you've made and willing to risk the dollars. What's there to lose? Well, again, it's easier to risk what you've lost if you've already made a ton. Correct. And, yeah. uh, and players these days have made a ton. NBA, much like these guys in the NBA, n- most of them, they get paid handsomely now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even not even the greatest players get paid handsomely. They could all not play for the next two or three years. Yeah. They could lose their time of playing, and they would still be living in mansions in L.A. and, and Miami and everywhere Listen, else. Listen, to echo your point, obviously, yes, the, the, the money is the motive. It's probably the most important thing. But also... Where does that money come from? It comes from the owners and it comes yeah. from those in charge, right? And I think right now we're seeing a landscape of professional sports where at least the people that are put in charge are seeming to support athletes or give them what they want now more than ever, right? So that has something to do with it as well when the people in power also, for the most part, support the athletes as well. Okay, two quick things before we get out of here. Uh, and obviously the NBA story is a huge story. We've been discussing it. Yep. I'm going to end on a little bit lighter note. Phil yeah. Mickelson won on the Champions Tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick little one-minute thing on golf. Okay. The Champions Tour, you can go on when you're 50. Mm-hmm. Okay? Well, he, he just became the 20th first-time winner on the Champions Tour. Jim Furyk just did it. Jim Furyk turned 50, jumped on it. See, a lot of the guys don't want to do it because they're like, ah, come on, that's lesser competition. I'm not going to go up there. I don't want to feel old. I want to yeah, feel yeah. young. I still got game. Yep. You know, yep. I can play down there. Well, mm-hmm. he just set all kind of records. Yeah. Uh, won easily. Yeah. And it's like, I think he's got a chance. Him, Tiger now is five, six years away from it. Yeah. But two things. One, it shows you how good the guys on the PGA Tour are. There are some big names now on that senior tour, but Mickelson hasn't 
won. He's been near leaderboards, but he really hasn't won. And uh, I can't remember the last time he won. It's probably somewhat recent, but he, you know what I mean. He, he hasn't been great. He, nobody's considering him amongst the best anymore okay. on the PGA Tour. Well, he walks into this thing and wins by eight, six shots or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. There is such a difference between that league and that league. Yeah. Is my point. Sure. It, it, it would be like Bryce Harper going to play for the shrimp. Going to the minors, yeah. I mean, he'd probably rip it up. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's it, also a confidence booster, I'm sure. But yeah, well, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. I also just think they could make the Champions Tour really cool. You know, 20, 15, 20 years ago, when I first got to Jacksonville, I covered an event at Hammock Beach. Arnold Palmer was in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Nicholas was playing in that event. I think he was around. But Arnold Palmer, I mean, there were guys that would actually still play in those Champions Tours event, and they're some of the legends of the game. Yeah. But we have more stars in golf than ever before. That Champions Tour could be good, and you can make a good living out there. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think Mickelson just won like 600 grand for winning it. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad at in all. In three days' work. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, that's the beauty of golf. You can play as long as you want. I understand playing in that kind of tour. It kind of shows, like, yeah, I'm old now. But that's all part of the psyche, man. As long as you're playing the game, you're having fun. That's what it's all about. So cool. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, though. It could get, like, I don't look at Champions Tour scoreboards. Yeah. I did for the last three days. Yep. Uh, and I thought that they could really revolutionize or at least revitalize yeah. that tour. And we could also see Mickelson and Woods go at it for another 10, 15 years. Sure. Again, if is Woods too big for that? Sure. Will he allow himself to do that? Will Ty? It's so weird calling him Woods. Oh, call him Tiger. Uh, <laughs> but that'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. So just a thought uh, or two on uh, on a little bit of golf there. Minshew, if you're your marketing, Cruz, you got any uh, serious music real quick or not? Are we about to go out off the air? Here? No, you got to tell us something. I know. Well, I got to tell you something. I need some music though. We got serious music. Uh, I can try to find you some, but... Okay, well, okay, okay. Turn this up real quick. Turn this up as a serious thing. Okay, check this out, Brent. Cut to an Eastern Carolina dorm room. ACDC Thunderstruck playing in the background. Hard cut to a hammer on the table. Hard cut to Gardner Minshew sitting in a lazy boy, letting out a deep sigh. Hard cut to a portal opening up in his living room. Hard cut, Gardner Minshew currently from the Jacksonville Jaguars, enters the living room. ACDC Thunderstruck, record scratch, stops. Silence. Hard cut, Kurt Minshew. Hey, man, put that hammer down. Trust me, you don't need to do it. Jump cut, College Minshew. How do you know? Jump cut, Kurt Minshew. Trust me, man, it'll work out. Wink. Jump cut, College Minshew, Minshew to what I'm supposed to, so what I'm supposed to do right now. Jump cut, Kurt Minshew. You got a bottle of Jack Daniels, don't you? <laughs> Let's see where that gets you. Jump cut, Kurt Minshew winks at camera. For all the folks at home, hard cut Jack Daniels. Drink Jack and see where it gets you. Done. You put a whole commercial together. Yep. You put a whole spot together for him. Drink Jack and see where it gets you. Minshew wink and scene. I was thinking, like, what would he endorse? Like, jock straps or Jack, something. My answer is Jack Daniels. Ben. I think I found your answer. Yeah. We got to get out of here. Live Local Loud is coming up. No NBA games tonight. So check out the guys. Nikki Football with Jerry Daniels. Live Local Loud. They'll continue the conversation with the NBA and what's happening uh, in the sports world here on a Wednesday. That's going to do it for us. First and 10 training camp tonight, 1115 on CBS 47 and Fox 30. And we'll be back at it tomorrow here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. For Coos and Austin, I'm Brent Martin. Thanks for hanging with us here on a Wednesday.